I was looking at some of your pictures and uh, you have a uh, beautiful uh, lawn and you know, beautiful grounds. Um, I was curious, do you have um, something you could suggest for, you know, fertilizing? I have a, like a lawn, a front lawn um, that would help. I don't know if that's a strange question or not, but. Um, How you big is your lawn? How big is it? It's about a quarter of an acre. Um, You're heading for charcoal. That's such a great thing to just sprinkle it and spread it all evenly across your whole lawn. And it just goes right in. The ground will just absorb it. And it's just, it's really, I, the vibration of it is something that I'm, I'm literally like addicted to it. It's so awesome to have charcoal on the ground all around your house. It's just something, there's something about it. It's indescribable. It's like, there, there's something, you know, what's happening with the charcoal is it's a negative polarity, right? So we always are trying to create this dynamic interaction of opposites. When you take the charcoal, by the way, you're, you're more negatively charged. That's better. You're going to attract better quality oxygen from the environment, actually. And that's kind of what's happening around your house. I mean, you're making your house super special. So my recommendation is to go to a place like Biochar now, get their finely particulated stuff, maybe get the rice sized or smaller, and then just sprinkle that right across your, your quarter acre and, and just have at it. And I think you'll have a really good time with it. I think you'll find it to be the best move because it persists in the soil. It doesn't go away. It's not like it disappears next year. It stays and remains and its action remains for a year. It'll go on forever, infinitely. In fact, we know from the Amazonian cultures, the um, Tierra Preta de los Indios, the black earth of the native people of Brazil, you know, in, the, in those regions in the Amazon, that they were making charcoal for the purpose of increasing fertilization of the soil. And those areas, as they get closer and closer and closer into looking at those areas, they find that the areas that have the highest biochar have the most fertility, the highest charcoal is the most fertility. So, you know, I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I think that's probably what you want too. Excellent, David. Thank you very much for that. And uh, let me go ahead and bring up our next question from Steve. Hi, Steve. Hey. Hey, Ben. Hey, David. Hey, Steve. Uh, really close friend of mine. Many issues, heart disease, diabetes. Now he's on uh, kidney failure and dialysis. Can he use this activated charcoal as an, as an adjunct, a way to aid in the detoxification? Because every time before he goes for the dialysis, he's got that metallic taste in his mouth. So he's flooded. And uh, just that's my question. What can we do? Great question. And the answer is yes. Charcoal is the best thing, actually, for people on dialysis and people in that state. I got, I found that out. I was, um, I sent a friend of mine to a, like one of these pharmaceutical medical conferences and I was like, just whatever you could find, find me something interesting. And he comes back with this whole thing where they basically the pharmaceutical industry, by the way, has known all along of the powers of charcoal. In fact, in fact, Merck pharmaceuticals manufactured the best charcoal clay combination product in the world for over a hundred years, just about three years ago, they took it off the market. I find that to be very interesting timing. But some friends of mine in Europe used to get that product for me and they used to send it to me. And it was a little, it was, it was a cool little thing like that. And it was 80% activated charcoal, 20% clay and great product and neat for on the fly. If somebody needed it real quick, boom, you, it was just really easy for people to do. Um, 
I, when that guy came back from that pharmaceutical conference, he's, he showed me that they had packaged this charcoal in this interesting way to release into the lower GI tract to work on people who had to, were on dialysis. And this is where I started getting into the research on interstitial dialysis, which is charcoal's effect uh, as being an extra filter, extra to the kidneys and the, and the liver and the, and the spleen. And so it's his best bet. And if he's going to survive, the charcoal is going to be the way. But, you know, whenever I hear, hear of a case like that, I always have to go one step further, Stephen. I just have to say, you know, he needs to be unplugged. He's backed up in waste, right? He needs to have that, that those guts drained out. I, I, you know, maybe a really good laxative herb is a really good way to go. Maybe slippery elm or something like that, or just get him in for a colonic and get that waste out because his life is literally on the line. Uh, sage advice. Thank you very much, David. Uh, let me go ahead and bring up our next question from Monty. Hi, Monty. Welcome. Hi, thanks, man. Great presentation. I'm calling from Trenton in Ontario. So, oh, nice. I no yeah, I didn't get that. But I'd um, like to know, uh, berry. Do you do you can we source it from you? And the other thing, what's your take on the oat, the oat um, seeds? I like to get some to grow, to get the milky oat, in a, get it in a milky form. How could I get that? Okay, great, great question. Okay, so I guess we'll go to the first one is, I, I do have a sea buckthorn tincture that I sell that's made entirely in Ontario and that you can contact Gravinda Canada at davidwolf.com and that, you know, I put that in the comments there. Send her a message and, and she has that. It's a tincture with the berries themselves. I mean, the only thing, the only problem there is we eat them all. <laughs> that's the only problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't usually don't have any extra because I like to eat them all. I mean, we're trying to live off the land as much as possible. So sea buckthorns is a huge piece of the puzzle because they are so rich in vitamin C. They're five times the vitamin C as an orange. So if you're that far north, it's you know, hard to get that vitamin C a lot of the year, but it's easy if you have sea buckthorn. And another thing about sea buckthorn, it makes an awesome tea, by the way. So I'd really recommend, Monty, if you're going to get into growing like milky oats, hey, maybe you want to get into growing sea buckthorn because it makes a great tea. And you could just basically, we, we just basically go and clip the ends of all the bushes and then just, they just dry with the wood and everything. Just throw the whole thing in there, make a tea out of the whole deal. Now, milky oats, you know, I grew up in um, a lot of my life in on the border in Southern California and there was wild oats that grew all through those deserts everywhere. And so you would, you basically take the seed open, you get it and you can squeeze the little milky oat part out. You could really get it. That's, you know, so when it comes to oats, I'm entirely, my entire understanding of oats is all about the wild food part. I don't really, I never eat oats. I don't grow oats, you know, commercially or domestically or anything like that. I've always eaten wild oats. I think I've sown a few wild oats too, but I had to just throw that in there. Um, but the eating wild oats is so neat. It's amazing. And, and for those of you who are in Southern California, it's the one that opens like that. You know, when you're looking at the grass and it has this th seed thing that drops down, has this little V, that's the wild oats. And they're all over. I mean, there's whole hillsides covered with them in Southern California. It's really interesting to go out and actually eat them and to actually be like, oh, let me get the actual thing out of here. And it's milky and really good for you in that stage. The oats that we're getting in the store, the steel milled and cut oats, that's a little, they're a little bit gooey for me, you know, for my metabolism. They're really, you know, maybe I could eat it once a year or something, but I can't eat that kind of food consistently. It's too mucusy and just doesn't, doesn't digest very well for me. Okay. Excellent. Thank you, David. And um, Thank you, let's go ahead and bring up our next question from Juliet. And okay. Hi, Juliet. 
Oh, wait a second. I'm going to unmute you again, Juliet. There we go. Hi, Juliet. Hi. Um, I was wondering, what's the best product to detox heavy metals? I, I have like 99% cadmium from a blood test. Okay. That's, thank you for asking that. Such a good question. And the thing that I'm going to recommend as the baseline, I mean, there's different ways to go about it. Cadmium and zinc are antagonistic to each other. So if I recall, let me, yeah, it's cadmium and zinc. So the thing that you want to do there is you want to get more zinc into your diet. And I probably recommend like a natural zinc type of product. Like Dr. Group has a um, zinc that he does out of guava leaf. So that's the most natural zinc on the market, by the way. Everything else Actually, is like zinc picolinate. You have that. Yeah. Yes. So that's one piece of it just because it's antagonistic. But you're going to need a drawing agent for the cadmium. What's the most consistent, easiest to activate, pun intended, um, detoxifier of cadmium? It's charcoal. And so just getting on a consistent protocol five days a week, you do 500 milligrams of charcoal in the morning, a thousand milligrams of charcoal in the morning. You just consistently do that. That would be my recommended strategy along with you. You have to have it's chelation by replacement. You need the zinc to push the cadmium out of the receptor site. So, you know, it's that kind of one, two punch. Excellent, David. Thank you very much. And now we have our next big question from Ruth. Hi, Ruth. Oh, wait. I'm, I'm back again because I, I didn't get a chance to, to have a couple of my questions answered. Um, what do you think about, this has been on my shelf for, for quite a while and I haven't even opened it. Um, activated charcoal carbon, uh, but it's white. It's a white. Oh yeah, the white one. Well, oh, good question. Uh, it there it's okay so every, this let's talk about gradations of strength of charcoal the white one's the weakest just regular charcoal like a birch charcoal or a willow charcoal they still make that um that's not activated that's in the middle and generally for my taste a little too weak for me personally and then the strongest is the activated charcoal so should you take it yeah take it just take it until you finish the bottle and then you know go get one that's a little stronger Excellent, David. Thank you. And uh, uh, Ruth, you're still with us. Did you have yes, another? I do. I do. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm up there in my 70s. And back in 2002, I did a, a water fast for three weeks. And I, I'm 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 about 115 pounds right now. And people were screaming at me then when I went on that fast because I lost so much weight. And I and, and if I do a fast again like that, uh, I, I, I'm going to go down to, I don't know what, 90 pounds or something. And I'm going to be screamed at again by everybody who thinks, you know, I'm a little bit crazy for doing this. I'm just wondering at my age uh, and um, given these, these, this information I'm, I'm passing on to you. Um, and also given the fact that um, I, I, it's difficult for some of us to do this. Uh, it, it's just difficult. I, I, I mean, I re, I'm a disciplined person, but I'm not sure that I could do a long fast like that. But I, but even a shorter fast, uh, what would you say to someone like like me? That was great. And, and let me tell you something. This, what we're doing with detoxing and cleansing and especially consistently doing it is one of the hardest things to do in the world. 
It's very difficult to stay with it and to keep doing it. And to every, every three months comes around, it's like, oh my God, we got another one. Here we go again. And, you know, it's, it's, it is challenging, I have to say. And um, it's challenging for different people in different ways. And some people, it's more mental. You know, some people, it's more emotional. And some people, it's just the discipline side of it. You know, just the physical, just, you know, you're going to do this, then that, then this. Um, but I would say, Ruth, that I wouldn't look at doing a three-week fast. And that's kind of what, see, this is the projection that happens. People suddenly go, I did a three-week fast and this, this, and that. And I don't want to do that again. Or I did a you know 40 day fast and this and that. That is getting us into trouble because that's this like one shot kind of concept. We don't want to get into that mentality. This is a this is a way of life. This is lifestyle. So we're we're talking about detoxing and cleansing and fasting as a lifestyle choice on the regular, every change of seasons, or just once a year or twice a year. It depends on what you want to do. This time though, the spring cleaning is the strongest. And and so instead of getting this like projecting out like I'm going to lose too much weight. Don't worry about that. It's one day at a time. Let's just go to day one. Okay. Today we're starting on the cleanse and we're going to do the parasite pills and we're going to, you know, going to sit down and we're going to get down to one meal a day. And we're going to do the rest liquids today. And then we go to day two and we just go through it like that instead of the projection stuff, which is what if, what if, what if, what if is never going to arrive. It, it's, it's in the future. We got to bring it back right into today. And right now, remember wherever you go, there you are. And we're never outside of the present moment. We're always in the present moment. And so that's more of the, where the, the strength of the fasting comes is in the immediate moment. The more of the detox and cleansing comes in the immediate moment where the trouble comes is when we start going, what, well, what about this? And what if I get to day five and this happens? And, and, and so I see, I see that every day. In fact, I'm coaching people off the cliff every day like that because the, the inner talk is what, where the trouble starts. What, I could just have a little, I could just have that chip right there. I could just eat that, that chip. I could do that. I'm, uh, you know, and you start talking yourself out of it. So what we do is we just go immediately. As soon as that self-talk starts going down that direction, you change your environment. You go outside, you go do something else. You go into the garden and you just get out of that inner talk of like, what if people criticize, criticize me? What if people say this or something? You know, all, it, it's, all, it, it's different for everybody, but it's always the same chatter that starts to talk you out of it. And that that's the same stuff that David Goggins talks about when he gets up there and he's doing his crazy stuff and he's doing his running. And he's like that inner, that inner fat guy that he was starts to talk to him. So saying, we don't need to do this today. We don't need to get up. We don't need to do this job. We don't need to do this run. That inner talk is the battle that we're fighting all the time with our whole lives. And as soon as you build, build up a discipline, like, nope, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through this next 15 minutes. I've got this. I've got it. That inner talk just disappears. It's a paper tiger. It's, it's eradicated. Mm-hmm.